Well, good morning, Crossroads family. I'm excited to be kicking off our Christmas series for two reasons. Number one, I love Christmas. It is the greatest time of the year. Number two, that means 2020 is almost over. 2021 has to be better than 2020. So we're on the home stretch, guys. We can make it. We can do this. But we are kicking off our Christmas series today. It is called It Is a Wonderful Life. And we're going to be really leaning in for these next few weeks into the hope, into the joy, and into the peace that only Jesus can give us. And it is those things that we celebrate at the birth of Jesus because God is here. He is with us. And that's why Christmas is such a special time of year. And honestly, it has become the number one time of year where we can connect people with Jesus. It's even more popular now than Easter in terms of an event where we can invite people to join us. People are open. They want to come and celebrate with us. And so I want to encourage you on two fronts. Number one, on December 11th, we are having our family movie night. And listen, this is going to be an amazing night. It's a double feature outside at Drive-In Church. We're we're transforming Drive-In Church to Drive-In Movie Night. And here's the thing. There's going to be some food trucks there, movie theater popcorn. It's going to be an awesome night for your family. And this is a great event to connect people to in our community, to invite them to join in and see what we're doing at Crossroads. These are all entry points that gather people into our family and help them celebrate what we have in Jesus with us. So think about who you can invite to join you. Think about joining us at this event. It's just going to be a fun night together as a church family. Now, on top of that, I'm really excited about our Christmas Eve experience. This is happening on two nights now, December 23rd and 24th. And this is going to be a combination the best of two worlds, the best of what we would normally experience in Bethlehem Live with the live nativity scene, combined with the best moments of our Christmas Eve services where we light the candles, we sing Silent Night together, we read through the Christmas story. I just want to encourage you to think about the reality that this is going to be a sacred and special moment that you will remember with your family for years to come. There's going to be the hot chocolate, pictures with Santa. There's going to be all kinds of crazy things happening. It is going to be a Christmas Eve experience that you don't want to miss. So mark your calendar. Pick a time, December 23rd or 24th at 5 and 6.30. Come and join us. It's going to be an experience you do not want to miss. Now, on top of that, We have a Christmas offering this year that is going toward launching our St. Pete campus. And you guys, I could not be more excited about what God is doing as he is continuing to open doors down in St. Pete. Remington Anxorus is on the ground. He is bringing this campus to life. And I wanted to take a second and talk with him so he could just cast some vision and share with us some of the exciting things that are happening down in St. Pete. So check out this interview I had with Remington. Hey, Remington, I am excited to be talking with you about our St. Pete campus. How are you doing down there, my friend? Good. It's good to see you. Let's uh, give us the weather update to make us all feel angry about ourselves. Guys, it's starting to feel a little bit more like home. We're down to 55 degrees. It's getting a little cold. That's just ridiculous. I wish I hadn't <laughs> asked that, actually. Hey, uh, let's just start. Let's dive right in. Where are you at right now? Because I see a worship center behind you. Is this the St. Pete campus? This is it. Here I am. We're in the worship center. As you can see, you know, it's, it's pretty vast. It's awesome. It is amazing. How many chairs are in there, Rem? Uh, you, 200 chairs. We got 200 seats. That's what I'm talking about. That's 200 people we can fit in there every single service, connecting people with Jesus. And I love the opportunity that we have down there. Rem, you've been down there on the ground for eight weeks now already, which is crazy. I mean, honestly, I feel like it's flying by. What are you excited about, man? What's been happening? 
You know, I'm just excited that I've been able to start building and making connections with people in the community. Sure. You know, when you kind of come to a new place, you got to get acclimated, right? And uh, one of the great things is that there's just this vibrant community around here, you know, whether that's connected with the preschool or from the neighborhood or with the city, yeah. you know, just connecting with people. And they're excited. They're excited about what's happening here. And so that's exciting for me because when people start to get excited, right, you can start to see things like come into, you know, reality. Yeah, that is fun. And you've already had some events. Tell us a little bit about what's, what's been happening already. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you saw last week, I think you referenced that we had a fall fest down here. We yeah. had like 300 people show up on a Friday night, which was awesome. And uh, from there, we pointed people back to our, you know, our, our really big first large gathering of people who are interested in launching the campus. Yeah. And it was just an awesome night. Great connections were made that night. And so that's what I'm talking about. Those relationships well, that I think are going to build a good foundation. Yes. And full disclosure, I was able to join you. That was a Thursday night a couple weeks ago. And to be part of that first big core launch meeting with you, Remington, that was thrilling for me. It was so exciting to see that many people that are already engaging in the vision and excited to be a part of the launch team. Remington, it's happening. And I'm just so excited about that. Now, here's the thing. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with the Florida District. They have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in this building and this facility already to update it, remodel it, and just make it a clean slate for you know a great partnership with us. I mean, they believe in us, which is amazing. I'm honored and humbled by that. But the reality is we've got some work to do because it is a beautiful, clean slate, but that's a problem. <laughs> it's a clean <laughs> slate. So tell us a little bit about what's going on there, the plan. What, what's the need, man, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, we got to put our crossroads stamp on it, right? I mean, we right. do. We've got this blank canvas. And so, you know, tech, you know, lights, sound, uh, ministry, you know, we've got to establish crossroads kids, crossroads students, sure. celebrate recovery, all of these things that reach out into the community that draw yeah. people in that, to connect them with God. And so uh, that's really what, you know, this additional investment's all about, right? I mean, uh, the right. church has put so much into this place. Uh, and now, you know, we get to put our Crossroads stamp on it and the people here get to do that as well as part of our Crossroads Community Church. And so yeah. it's very exciting. Well, and the community there is so hungry for a church like Crossroads. I mean, I believe we're going to be walking in day one and meeting a great need. And so it's an amazing investment that we're able to invest in the kingdom and as a church be able to lead with generosity and see this ministry come to life. Uh, between now and Easter Sunday, it's our goal to raise $150,000 to invest in this campus. Like you said, to bring that to life and invest in all the, the structure and the infrastructure and the ministries that we need to bring to life. And so everything that we raise for our Christmas offering, Remington, we're throwing this at the, the St. Pete campus launch this year as an investment in the kingdom. So that together cool. as a church family, we can join together and be part of this movement and celebrate together uh, what we're able to accomplish with God's help down in St. Pete, Florida. And so I'm excited to see how that comes together, Remington. And uh, I believe that we're going to be leading the way with generosity and be able to celebrate this together come Easter when we launch big uh, and celebrate lives that are being changed. I'm excited, Rem. This is good stuff. I'm excited, too. We're excited, too, with the folks that are down here. Um, it's just awesome to see what God's doing. So Yeah, well, I can't wait to see what God does down there, and I'm looking forward with great anticipation as to how he's going to use you to do great things, man. I'm proud of you. Looking forward to seeing what happens, and uh, I want to thank you for joining us. Rem, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good to see you. Good to see you guys, too, even though I can't see you. <laughs> uh, we'll see you later, Rem. I am so excited about what is happening down in St. Pete and what Remington is doing down there. I'm telling you guys, it is changing lives. We are going to be connecting hundreds of people to Jesus. And as a church family, this year in our Christmas offering, we have a chance to give generously, 
to support the launch of this work and to be a part of this investment into eternity. And so I just want to encourage you, give generously. Let's, as a church, give above and beyond. Let's give more this year to our Christmas offering than we ever have, realizing that we have a chance to connect hundreds of people to Jesus and to be right on mission in what God has called us to do. These are exciting times, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do. Now, today, we are talking about a wonderful life the wonderful life that we are called to live into, the wonderful life that we have the privilege of living into because of Jesus. And I want to start today with the end in mind. We're going to be concluding our service today by receiving communion together. So if you're at drive-in church, you've got one of these communion packs. It's got the bread and the juice. It's all two in one. It's very fancy. If you're watching at home, though, I would encourage you to right now Go grab some bread or crackers, whatever you have. Grab some grape juice or Diet Mountain Dew. That's my favorite substitute for communion juice. Anything that you can use is fine. The hope is that at the end of our time together today that we can receive this sacrament of communion together and reflect on what Jesus has done for us, the price he has paid so that we can experience the fullness of this hope that we have in him and and live into that in the lives that he has given us. The truth is, our world is desperate for hope. When you consider the reality of what Generation Z is beginning to look like, yeah, we're talking about Generation Z. Listen, I'm with you guys. All the boomers out there, I'm a Gen Xer. I've had a lot of fun over the last 15 years or so just making fun of millennials. It's a lot of fun. But the reality is, the millennials are kind of cool. Let's just be honest. I like millennials a lot. I hate to admit that, but it's true. Millennials are great. Some of my dearest friends, millennials. Okay, so here's the thing. What we're realizing now, the new studies are saying, uh uh-oh, millennials aren't young anymore, which means Gen X is getting old too, which I hate to realize that as well. But here's the thing. There are traits that are starting to be studied and figured out of Generation Z, and this is probably now anyone who's 23, 24 years old or younger. This generation is being marked by something drastically different than the previous generations that have come before. Generation Z is marked first and foremost by loneliness, and hopelessness. Can we just pause and think about that for a second? An entire generation that right now the best identifying trait is loneliness and hopelessness. I think that is tragic. They're, they're, they're isolated. They're lonely. They're stressed. They don't see a world that's getting better. They see a world that's spiraling out of control and they don't know what to do about it. They're trying to take action. They want to be a part of something special to try and make a difference. They're joining community because you can survive as a pack. You're better together. These are the traits that define the next generation that's coming up. And when I think about that concept that you have an entire generation that is identified as lonely and hopeless, I think that now more than ever before, the message of hope that we have in Jesus is going to change lives. And when you consider what a wonderful life looks like, can we just all lean into the reality that a wonderful life, a life that is focused on Jesus, is filled with hope. It overflows with hope because I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I have a future. I am dearly and I am deeply loved by God. And at Christmas, we're able to celebrate this Christian hope. And Christian hope, make no mistake, is not like the hope that this world has to offer. It's not the flip of a coin, I hope this happens instead of this. It's, it's much more than that. 
Our hope that we have as Christians is an anchor to our soul. It is firm and it is secure. The hope that I have in Jesus is the trust that I have in his promises for my life. When I put my trust in Jesus, that's my faith in Jesus, I am putting my trust, I believe in his promises for my life. Well, hope simply looks forward to that future where I am experiencing his promises. When I believe the promise that God has gone to prepare a place for me, that when I pass from this life to the next, that I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus, that is a hope that I have. I have put my trust in his promises for my life. And so really, faith and hope are absolutely intertwined because hope in its reality is simply faith in the future tense. I am looking forward with great anticipation to how God is going to fulfill his promises in my life. And God never fails. He never makes a promise that he doesn't keep. So when I'm putting my trust in Jesus, when I have faith in Jesus, and I'm looking forward in anticipation to what my future looks like, that's hope. That is Christian hope, and that is so much more significant than the flip of a coin. This is me putting my trust in God's promises for my life. And when we go through the Christmas season, the reason that this season is so special is because this is God's promise of bringing us all together into his family. That is his promise coming to life. That is the promise of hope that I can be reunited in my relationship with God. That is all made possible in the person of Jesus. So at Christmas, we are celebrating the reality that God has stepped out of heaven and into earth to provide me with this idea, this this hope that I can be reunited with him, that I can have a relationship with God. That's the hope that we have in Jesus. And when you're talking about a world that is consumed by loneliness and hopelessness, this is a message that changes lives. And this truly is the most wonderful of lives when I'm living with hope. And this Christmas story is beautiful because it's the story of Jesus arriving on planet earth and changing everything. And it begins in Luke chapter one, where an angel appears to Mary and starts laying out the plan. I love how this this unfolds. It says in Luke chapter one, that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. I I love these moments. An angel appears to Mary and make no mistake. I reference this every time we reference angels in scripture. I always thought, man, it would be great to see an angel. Man, God, if there's angels around, could you open my eyes and let me see that angel? That has never happened. I want you to know that. But I guess I'm kind of, I'm happy that that hasn't happened because every time an angel appears in scripture, people are terrified, all right? is not a fun moment. It's like, ah, what is happening right now? Because you realize this is something other. This is spiritual. And you realize the significance of man, God is God and I am not. And there are things going on that he knows about that I don't, and I can see it right now. And I'm terrified. I don't know what is happening and I don't know how to process this. Oh my. And that's generation X. Imagine how the millennials would be reacting to that moment. That's crazy. So I had to throw in one shot at millennials. Come on, this is fun. Now, here's the thing. The angel appears to Mary. Greetings, favored one. There is a plan here in place. God is becoming man. And the promise that he has given us for generations is coming to fruition through you. You are going to be the mother of the promised Messiah. I mean, this is an unbelievable moment. 
This is overwhelming. Not only is she seeing an angel, she's trying to process information that is impossible to process in that moment. It's overwhelming. But there's a reality that is revealed in this moment that is so sacred and so special, and that's the reality that God is here. And you have to hope, you have to hope by believing in God's presence in your life. I want you to stop and consider that because that's what hope does. Hope believes in God's presence, that God is here, that God is with me, that he cares about my life, that he loves me, that he calls me his child. And listen, hope overcomes all of the trials, all of the tribulations, all the valleys, all of the wildernesses that we find ourselves walking through. Hope is that anchor that, that ties us to our faith. It's an anchor to our souls. That's what the writer of Hebrews says in, in Hebrews chapter six. It says, we have this hope. And this is the hope that the, the author of Hebrews is describing that, that Abraham had. When Abraham was called to just go, God says, Abraham, I have a plan for you. I'm not telling you what it is. I just want you to leave where you're at and just and start going. <laughs> what an incredible journey. Like, okay, God, I'm in. Like, what? Really? Who does that? But that's the faith that Abraham had in God's plan for his life. He let himself operate in anticipation of God's promise for his life. That's what hope is. So when the author of Hebrews is saying, we have this hope as an anchor for our souls, let's recognize that hope is an expression of my faith in God. It's an expression of my relationship with him. And I think a lot of times we talk about building our faith on a foundation. That foundation is Jesus. But I would, I would contend today that hope is the anchor that keeps me tethered to that foundation. And it's based on my relationship with Jesus. Because hope believes in God's presence. God is here. He is with me. So when things rattle my world, when I have to go through all the stuff that we've been going through as a community, as a nation, as a world, and during this pandemic, we realize, man, we're, we're being overwhelmed. And I'm not sure what God is doing in this moment, but oh, pff, I'm, I'm tethered to my faith because of the hope that I have in Jesus. Because no matter what distracts me, no matter what overwhelms me, I can come back to my relationship with Jesus and realize, you know what? Life is difficult right now. I don't understand a lot of what's going on, and it stinks. And I'm going to be honest, this is me talking to you personally. There's a lot of things in this world going on in our community, in my personal life, where I'm seeing people that are struggling, seeing people that are hurting, seeing people who are sick, people who are grieving and, and, and dealing with loss. I hate that just as much as you do. I scratch my head and go, God, what, what's going on? We all experience those times, and this time is difficult for everyone. But that doesn't change the fact that God is still here. And when my faith is built on Jesus when my hope is in the reality that God is here and that even though I don't understand everything that's going on, that hope, it's an anchor for my soul. It anchors me to my faith because of my relationship with Jesus. Hope believes in God's presence. And if you believe that God is with you, that he loves you with an unconditional love, that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you, you're going to stay tethered to Jesus. You're, you're, hope is going to be anchored, anchored to your faith. And that's based on our relationship with Jesus. That's our, our belief in his presence in our lives. And time and time again, I've, I've looked back at my life and realized, man, there were times that were difficult. There are times that were hard. I didn't know what was going on. What's God doing? I don't, this doesn't make any sense. This hurts. 
But I can look back and see, no question, God was there. We have this hope, this hope of God's presence. It is an anchor for our soul. It is firm and it is secure. I just want to encourage you today, don't let everything that's overwhelming you in life right now negatively impact your relationship with Jesus. Allow those things that you're walking through to make you lean into Jesus, to draw closer to him, because I guarantee you, he is there. He will reveal himself to you. He will fill you with wisdom. He will fill you with joy. He will fill you with peace because he is the author of hope, and you can put your trust in him. Trust in his presence. That's what hope does. Well, this story continues. Mary, confused and disturbed, she tried to think what the angel could mean, because this doesn't make any sense. I'm overwhelmed. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. This is good news. You have been chosen. You are amazing. You will conceive, she says, and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the Son of Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. I mean, what an incredible promise. What an incredible description of the hope that she is to look forward to because this is a promise from God that Gabriel is speaking into her life. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Now, she's talking to an angel. She's processing the fact that she's gonna be the mother of the promised Messiah. She's going, how can this even happen? That's the description. I don't know, it's kind of fuzzy. The bottom line is it's a miracle, all right? God made this happen and that's a promise of God. This was foretold in prophecy that this would happen. And Mary's sitting there going, God has chosen me to be the mother of the Messiah. This is a miracle from start to finish. I don't even know how to wrap my mind around this. But she's got to choose to put her trust in God's promises for her life. So as Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. What an amazing response. I mean, you can kind of see the heart of Mary in this moment, why God would choose her because of the purity and heart that she had. She was willing to do whatever God needed her to do. It was that attitude of here I am. And so what we see here is, is hope believes in God's plan. And sometimes that plan gets fuzzy. Sometimes we're walking through life, like I was saying, it's difficult. It, it's, it's walking through a valley. I'm walking through a wilderness. I do not understand what God is doing. But when I'm waiting for God's plan, it requires patience sometimes, and patience is terrible. Patience is the worst. Is anybody with me? Patience, come on. Oh, never, ever pray for patience unless you're desperate because God will try your patience. All right, just trust me on that one. You don't pray for patience. And yet, what I've learned over and over throughout my life is the reality that God cares about what you care about, all right? But he doesn't care about what you're waiting for nearly as much as he cares about who you are becoming while you wait. I want you to consider that truth. He cares much more about you. Because remember, hope believes in God's presence in my life. He is with me. He longs to have a relationship with me. We talk about this at Crossroads all the time. God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to become more like him. So when you're walking through the valley, when you're really having to live by faith and put your trust in God's promises for your life, having hope be that anchor for your soul, never forget the reality that 
Yeah, you're waiting for something to happen. But God's not nearly as concerned about what you're waiting for. He's concerned about who you are becoming while you wait. Keep putting your trust in him. Lean into his presence in your life. Let that relationship with him develop and grow. That's what he uses patience for. It grows us. It matures us. It helps us become more like him. So don't miss out on that during those times in life when you're waiting for God's plan to reveal itself in your life. Here's what happens in the story. It says, a few days later, <clears throat> Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. What a powerful statement that this story ends on. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. What I love about this is the, the truth that hope believes in God's promise. Mary was so certain that what God had promised her would come true, she was acting as if it had already happened. Elizabeth confirms that by prophesying through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are the favored one of God. Your child is the Messiah. This is incredible. And hope, man, it's looking forward with anticipation to the fulfillment of God's promise in your life. It's living as if those promises have already happened. And that takes grit. That takes trust. You've got to walk by faith but you can put your trust in God's promises. He never fails. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. His word is good. And I love the concept of realizing that I can walk in faith, living my life as if God's promises have already happened. I'm a football nut. I love sports. I was watching football a couple weeks ago. I believe it was Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, which is a way subpar team, obviously, to the Chicago Bears. Uh, but re the reality is, Philip Rivers, they're in the red zone. They're about to score. He backs up. He's getting ready to pass. And his tight end comes wide open in the end zone. He was so wide open that Philip Rivers throws the pass, and he doesn't even watch. He looks away, and he walks off the field like this. The guy catches the ball. It's a touchdown. It's amazing. But the point is... Philip Rivers didn't even watch. He's just like, I know we've got this. I'm amazing. We're good. Which, I got to be honest, I hate the Colts, but I love that moxie. That's amazing. That was, I was going, oh, I would love to be able to do that, but I'm too old. No 43-year-old could ever have success as a quarterback in the NFL. The reality, though, is, oh, yeah, Tom Brady. I'm living vicariously through Tom Brady. I forgot. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm in my prime. Woohoo! So the reality is, that was a tangent. I'm so sorry. The, the reality is, faith and hope are intertwined. Hope is faith in the future tense. I am living with anticipation that God is going to fulfill his promises for my life. Plain and simple. So are you putting your trust in Jesus? Are you living this wonderful life filled with hope? My goal today is that you are experiencing the hope of Jesus in your life. And it's, it's good in these moments to just ask yourself, am I experiencing that hope in my life? Am I putting my trust and God's promises for me. Keeping that in mind, the whole reason that we celebrate Christmas is the reality that Jesus is here. Emmanuel, God is with us. And he came to this earth to give us hope. We experience that hope because he paid the price we could not pay. He suffered and he died on that cross. 
And I want to close today by taking time to remember that moment, to reflect on what it is that Jesus has done for you and for me. So if you're joining at Drive-In Church, I would ask you to take this out and uh, prepare to receive the bread together. If you're watching at home, scramble. If you didn't already, run to the kitchen, grab some bread, get some juice, get something. <clears throat> because this is a moment that is sacred. This is a moment where we, where we reflect on what God has done for us and remember the price that he paid. It says in scripture that while he was in the upper room with his disciples that Jesus took bread. And he said, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. Take it and eat it in remembrance of me. I invite you, let's eat the bread together, remembering the price that Jesus paid for us. It says that in the same way also he took the cup and he said, this cup is my blood, which is poured out for you. Take it and drink it in remembrance of me. And I invite you in this moment to drink this cup together, remembering the price that Jesus has paid for our sins. I am thankful today for the hope that we have in Jesus. We don't have to be lonely. God is with us. We don't have to be hopeless. God is with us. Jesus has paid the price that we could not pay. You are dearly and deeply loved by God. May you walk this week in the hope that we have in Jesus. And as we close today, I just pray this prayer of blessing over you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you put your trust in him. <clears throat> may you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be blessed. You are loved.